You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch football this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills improved to 2-0 with a 31-28 win over the Miami Dolphins on the road. The second straight season, the Bills start the year with a 2-0 record. The Bills are also 2-0 in the division and 2-0 in the AFC. Some high-quality wins here to start the season. I'm excited to talk about this football game. I got a long list of stuff that I liked from it. I got some stuff to talk about that I didn't like. And then in segment three, we'll revisit my predictions and take a quick look at what is next here for the Buffalo Bills and, of course, this podcast. Obviously, this conversation has to start with Josh Allen. 24 for 35, completing 69% of his passes, 417 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, a passer rating of 147. He also had four carries for 18 yards, and that does include two kneel downs. That 147 passer rating for the game is the third highest in Bills history for a single game behind Doug Flutie in 2000. Had a passer rating of 158.3. That's a perfect passer rating. And then 156.2 by Jim Kelly in 1992. Third on the list, Josh Allen, 2020, 147 against the Miami Dolphins. You just saw the game. Josh Allen's the first player in Bills history with 400 passing yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions in the game. This was an outstanding performance. He was efficient with the football. He worked it down the field. He was clutch, and he scored a lot of points when the team needed him to do it. This team trailed 20-17 to in the fourth quarter. 10-11 left in the game. The Bills were down 20-17. to From that point, Josh Allen hit six of eight passes for 145 yards, two touchdowns, and secured the win. It was Josh Allen's seventh career fourth quarter comeback. Some big-time throws, folks, obviously throughout the entire game, but thinking about down the stretch late in the game when they mattered more. The 21-yard pass on second and seven to Stephon Diggs along the right sideline, that was a great throw. That was a great catch. That was a moment for me where... I realized how special Stefan Diggs is as a football player and the importance of him to this offense and this chemistry that he already has with Josh Allen. And then on third and nine, Josh Allen dials up a deep ball to John Brown for a 46-yard touchdown pass. Third and nine, the dagger throw. Those are the types of throws you dream about happening when you're rooting for a football team, and then they just don't they don't really happen, right? Throw It falls incomplete. You punt the ball back, and you hope you can stop them. But no, that throw put the Bills up by two scores late in 
the football game. That drive, that last drive that the Bills had before the kneel downs, their second to last drive of the game, just masterful. Type of stuff where they decided they weren't going to lose that football game and Josh Allen made big time throws. Josh Allen's having one heck of a start to this season. The only quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to start this season with 700 passing yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions in the first two weeks of the season. Peyton Manning in 2013, Tom Brady in 2015, Patrick Mahomes in 2019, Josh Allen in 2020. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the only four quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to pass for over 700 yards, to have at least six touchdowns passing, no interceptions in the first two weeks of the season. Josh Allen accounted for 83% of the Bills' offense, 435 of 524 yards that the Bills produced on Sunday came courtesy of Josh Allen and all four of their touchdowns. This comes a week after the Bills scored three touchdowns, all because of Josh Allen, where he accounted for over 90% of the offense. Josh Allen is the offense, and it's a good offense so far to start this year. Sometimes quarterbacks need a running game, right? They say, well, you know, the best friend for a quarterback is a running game. Josh says to hell with that. He's producing no matter what, and we'll talk about the run game. It was a lot better against Miami. But for Josh Allen to be accounting for this much of the team's offense and it being an actually good offense so far, that's impressive stuff. I love the game plan for Brian Dable. Knew that he was going to get a bunch of man coverage and had the right routes called, those long developing crossers, long post patterns. You make those guys run, they can't cover forever. Offensive line did a great job giving Josh Allen time to throw. And Josh Allen showing tremendous growth against man coverage and hitting his targets for a very productive outing. How about Josh Allen on the deep ball? On throws 20-plus yards down the field, seven completions on eight attempts, 246 yards, two touchdowns. Last week against the Jets on throws 20-plus yards down the field, he was 3 of 4 for 71 yards. So his two-game total on throws 20-plus yards down the field, 11 of 12 for 317 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Folks, that is a perfect passer rating on throws of 20-plus yards down the field, a perfect passer rating of 158.3. What do we say about Josh Allen? The two things that I thought he had to improve this year were vertical passing. Well, my goodness, is he acing that test, 11 of 12 so far on throws 20-plus down the field and efficiency, distributing the football. He completed over 70% of his passes in week one, 69% of his passes in week two. Young man is growing up right before our eyes. Josh Allen is the first player in NFL history with at least 700 passing yards and 75 rushing yards in his team's first two games of a season. Unbelievable start to the year for Joshua Allen. Year three, the man is hitting his stride. Long year ahead, right? We'll talk about some of the challenges that this fast start for Josh present the rest of the way here in a little bit. 
But my goodness, you couldn't draw it up any better to start the year. You just couldn't. I'm elated. You're starting to see some people open their eyes to Josh Allen, some of his biggest critics, and it's a beautiful thing. Now it's about sustaining it, stacking these performances. He did two games in a row. Well, go do it again. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Make this the new normal. Now there's got to be some regression to the mean. I don't think Josh can be this good all year long. But my goodness, what he's showing so far early this year is just phenomenal. How about Stephon Diggs? Let's turn our attention to him. Targeted 13 times in this game, eight receptions, 153 yards, had a touchdown. Could have been more. I'll be honest with you. I thought there were two plays where he didn't continue the route in the way Josh Allen expected him, and there was yards to be had. The first drive of the game when the Bills had to punt, that third down throw where Byron Jones, the Dolphins' cornerback, got hurt. Stephon Diggs was going to pick up a big chunk chunk of yards there, but I thought he made uh, an odd adjustment on his route, and he went at an angle that I didn't think Josh Allen was expecting. And then obviously later in the game, it was going the other direction. thought a similar thing happened where Stephon Diggs almost hauled it in with one hand, but I thought Josh Allen was expecting him to continue his route more to the left instead of slowing up, and it caused a, a little bit of a timing issue, and Stephon couldn't come away with the play. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to hate on the guy for eight for 153 and a touchdown, but I, I'm, I'm left thinking about some of the production that was left on the field. He's 239 yards over the first two games of the season, uh, are the third most ever by a Buffalo Bill in a two-game stretch. He trails only Andre Reid, who had 272 in 1991 in consecutive games, and then Peerless Price had 265 in consecutive games in 2002. He's the first Buffalo Bills receiver with eight catches in consecutive games since Stevie Johnson in 2011. This is good stuff, folks. Stephon Diggs is a true number one receiver. He is a crazy good football player. He catches everything. He wins vertical. He runs great routes. He creates after the catch. I mean, he's a pain in the ass for these defenses to deal with, and I'm blown away by how early and how quickly this chemistry between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs came together. Not having a traditional offseason to work together, for them to be this efficient this early is really exciting. Next thing I have written down is guys stepping up. Got one, two, three, four guys that I thought really stepped up and played well and contributed in a big way to this win. First of all, Gabe Davis. Thought he had a couple of blunders last week with the uh, with the penalty with two whiffs on blocks that led to negative plays for the Bills. He comes back this week and caught a crazy touchdown pass to give the Bills a 24-20 lead after falling behind in the fourth quarter. It was a big-time play. That was a third down that Gabe Davis dove to his left and secured that touchdown pass to give the Bills a 24-20 lead. Josh put it where he had to, and Gabe Davis made one heck of a catch for him. How about Reggie Gilliam? His first career touchdown catch made a great adjustment to the football. He was going against his momentum, and that was where Josh had to put the ball because that defender was squatting right there. He had to lead him away from that defender. Reggie Gilliam reaches across his body, hangs on through contact, scores his first NFL touchdown. Zach Moss, Gabe Davis, Reggie Gilliam, all touchdowns already this year, the first two games of the season. If you had that, claim your prize. But you got to love to see that. Guys that don't have big, huge roles on this football team coming up with big-time plays. 
How about Tyler Bass, another rookie, stepping up, going one for one on field goals, four for four on extra points. Put them all through the pipes. I don't not they weren't all perfect kicks, whatever, but they were in. And Tyler Bass to bounce back after going two of four, missing two field goals from within forty yards. This is what we wanted to see. And then I think Tyrell Dotson played as well as you could have asked at linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano are out for the game. Terrell Dotson, his first start, goes out and plays well. Thought he played fast against the run. He got downhill. He triggered. He played confident. He uh, got his hands on a couple of footballs, showed good awareness on some screen plays that he adjusted to very effectively. I thought he played as well as you could have asked for that football game. A credit to him and his preparation, but also for the Bills coaching staff getting him ready to play. I liked how the traditional running game improved this week. It struggled against the Jets last week. This week, Devin Singletary, 10 carries for 56 yards. Zach Moss, 8 carries for 37 yards. They combined for 18 carries, 93 yards. That's over 5 yards per carry. That's a good outing for your running backs. Uh, Josh Allen added uh, some rushing yardage as well, 18 yards to put them over 111 yards per game, but over five yards per carry with your running backs. That's a really nice improvement. I thought the offensive line played great. That's the next thing I have written down. They did some rotating at guard. I'll need to go and watch the tape and uh, see the snap counts and those types of things, but we saw some Cody Ford at left guard. We saw some Brian Winters in this game at guard. Nobody got hurt just trying some different combinations. I think it was partly to keep guys fresh because it was a hot day right in South Florida. Um, but also, Coach McDermott, after the game, commented on it and said he wanted to get a look at some different combinations and settle in on what they wanted to do late in the game. And uh, it worked out. Only allowed one sack, four quarterback hits, and 35 passing attempts. Of course, 111 rushing yards on the game. Average over five yards per carry if you uh, take away the two kneel downs. With the two kneel downs, 4.8 yards per carry. I don't have a lot of positives to tell you about from the defense today, but I do want to compliment the pass rush. Three sacks, 10 quarterback hurries, and that's against Ryan Fitzpatrick, who gets the football out of his hands quick. He wants the ball out in two and a half seconds or less. So to get him on the ground three times, to hit him 10 times, pressure him pretty consistently, I was quite pleased with that from the Bills' pass rush. And then the last thing I want to mention here is just the offense in general. 524 total yards, converted 50% of their third downs, average 8.9 yards per play. That 524 yards is the seventh highest total in team history. The Bills have started the season with back-to-back 400-plus yard offensive performances. Keep in mind, folks, the Bills averaged 330 yards per game in 2019. So really encouraged by, of course, Josh Allen and how this offense is humming. Even the biggest Josh Allen critics have to keep their mouths shut right now. Even the biggest Brian Dable critics don't have a whole lot of gripes right now. He has had two masterful game plans to start this year. The Bills are scoring. They're moving the football. And this is just a lot of fun to watch this team play offense right now, which is very much welcomed after some of the inconsistency that we've seen over the last few seasons. 
Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities, whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops. Local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. They're always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Let's get into some of the low lights from the game, some things that I didn't like and this is the important conversation. It was really fun to dig into Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the running game being better and the offense, the offensive line, but we have some stuff to talk about here that has got to get better, and I think it starts with the third quarter. There's no denying it. This team struggles coming out of the half. Third quarter offensively, again, a 524, 31-point performance against the Dolphins. In the third quarter, they had 28 yards and one first down. I mean, if you show some semblance of life in the third quarter, it's probably not as interesting of a game. Now, I really enjoyed how this game ended and seeing Josh Allen rise to the occasion and hit some big-time throws, but my goodness, it didn't have to be that interesting, and it really stems from the third quarter. It was that end-of-half sequence where the Bills, I thought, had a pretty boring approach to how to get points after stopping Miami, getting the ball in a two-minute situation, giving the ball back to Miami, them getting a field goal, and then coming out of half and giving them another field goal. Now, fortunately, the Dolphins didn't score touchdowns in those situations, but that end-of-half sequence throughout the third quarter was just not great football. And it gave the Dolphins some life, and they got it. They didn't get it close. They took the lead because of the play in the third quarter. Offense and defense. Coach McDermott's going to have to take a look at his operation and figure out how to get this team to play better coming out of half. The next thing, Levi Wallace. I'll tell you what, the Miami Dolphins know how to pick on Levi Wallace unlike any other team. They know his shortcomings as a player, and they go after him. And it really comes down to they have the type of weapons that can exploit Levi Wallace in terms of big, physical receivers that know how to go up and get the football. Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, those guys are are just not great matchups for Levi Wallace, but neither are quick guys either. But for whatever reason, it seems like the Miami Dolphins know how to go after him and expose him expose him as a weakness at CB2. I mean, Trey White had some plays in this game that he'd like to have back, whether it was a couple of throws that he gave up and a couple of opportunities that I thought he had to break on the football and come away with a turnover. Same thing with Micah Hyde. In the end zone, he, he had a chance on that, uh, that goal line stop to pick off a pass. So I thought the Bills left a couple of uh, potential interceptions on the field. And I don't want to gripe too much on Hyde and White because I think for the most part they were fine, but Levi Wallace got big boyed in this game. And that's not the first time I've said that about Levi Wallace, but it seems like when they play the Dolphins, they know to go after him. And uh, I don't know the coverage data yet, but I'm sure it was pretty bad for Levi Wallace. Thought the defense struggled. Kind of expected it, right? No Tremaine Edmonds, no Matt Milano. Very important players for this defense, but they go out and allow 28 points, 410 yards, 28 first downs. The Dolphins did a good job of 
attacking a cover three defense where it's soft. Deep ends. They did some stuff in the backfield in terms of play action to suck up the second level of the defense and slot throws behind it. And when you don't have Tremaine Edmonds in the middle with his 35-inch arms and his crazy athletic ability to get into those throwing lanes, you see what you saw. And that's Ryan Fitzpatrick hit throw after throw after throw on those deep ends or those intermediate in-breaking patterns. Did not like the penalties, folks. Six penalties for 55 yards is not, like, horrible. But the timing was just awful. Now, I think Jerome Boger officiated a pretty bad game. I thought he had some bad calls. But the Bills had some moments in this game from a penalty perspective where there's some pretty crushing calls. Something that's got to get cleaned up, right? Tackling and penalties are kind of some issues here for Coach McDermott. Third quarter, penalties, and tackling. Three things to clean up for this football team. How about Dawson Knox? Fumbled the football. Didn't like that, right? I actually think, you know, look, I know it was a good play by Eric Rowe over the middle, kind of getting his hand, getting his arm through the hands of, of Knox and pulling that football out. But my goodness, man, I just feel like if I'm Dawson Knox, I get my hands in that football and I tuck it so, so secure to my body, there's not a chance it gets out. So he's kind of has a drop, fumbles the football, and then, of course, he has a concussion, missed, felt like most of the second half, at least. So we'll see how he's, uh, what his health is like. But I just, I feel like I just want so much for Dawson Knox to become more consistent because I, I love the physical skill set. And I'm not surprised that he's not a finished product right now. That That's not a reasonable expectation considering where he came from as a converted quarterback that was seldomly used at tight end at Ole Miss and, and you know commanding a big role early on in the NFL. It's hard for tight ends to do that, but I'm still looking for that consistency, and I don't think uh, today was a, a, good, a good moment in starting to build consistency with a play that I thought he should have made in, sure, in terms of catching that pass where Eric Rowe stripped it out and then obviously fumbling the football. Conversely, the Miami Dolphins tight end, Mike Gusecki, was a freaking problem. That dude came out, had eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. And the Bills last year were very good against tight ends for the entire year. For all of 2019, the Bills in 16 games gave up 59 catches for 557 yards and five total touchdowns. I mean, remember that Baltimore game, Hayden Hurst had like a 70-plus yard touchdown reception against the Bills. So, like, Buffalo, outside of that play, allowed four touchdowns, less than 60 catches, and less than 500 yards to tight ends. Mike Gusecki got the best of this defense. Now, I think Matt Milano, that's where the Bills miss Milano the most, was some of those situations where he could play matchup man-to-man with Gusecki and challenge him a bit better than the way the Bills played him today. And then obviously you couple that with Tremaine Edmonds and how his length and movement skills can affect where the quarterback's eyes go. And, uh, you know, it was a great opportunity for them to attack the middle of the field in the passing game. So uh, the Bills didn't have any answers for Mike Gusecki. And I feel like every time the Bills play Gusecki, he looks really, really good. Never better than uh, on Sunday where he hauled in eight for a buck 30 and a touchdown. Bills allowed 328 passing yards. Obviously, this is a lot of 
the team missing Milano and Edmonds. It's a lot of them going after Levi Wallace. But, um, you know, at what point were the Bills going to maybe choose to play Poyer or Hyde man coverage on Gusecki and try to limit some of that production? You know, it was uh, it was a situation where Fitz, I mean, Fitz was dealing. I mean, that dude passed for over 300 yards, 31 of 47, over 100 passer rating. I mean, I know the Bills were without some of the guys, but they didn't have as much resistance as I'm used to seeing from a McDermott defense against the pass. This isn't necessarily something I don't like, but this is something I teased a little bit earlier that I think we need to be mindful coming out of this game. This team now has to evolve a little bit, right? There's some things now over the first two games of the season that have been put on tape. How the Bills are going to go after man coverage on offense, some of their personnel groupings, right, offensively, defensively, Miami put on tape some of the areas where the Bills are soft, whether that's Levi Wallace or in-breaking patterns. Obviously, we hope Milano and Edmonds come back quickly, so some of that is uh, less of a concern. But there's some things on tape now where it's just it's going to be about evolving as a football team and understanding what you've put on tape, how teams are going to respond to that, and continuing to find new wrinkles and ways to be successful. And so that's going to be the big challenge, I think, moving forward for the Bills and, and obviously the coaching staff to to self-scout, become aware, and, and make sure that you can stay ahead of the way teams are going to respond to what you've put on tape through two games this season. Need to tell you about my friends over at Built Bar, folks. They have produced the best-tasting protein bar that I've ever had. I've talked about them in the past, but they're back with a new product line and even better than before. There's 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors. Those are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for anyone that is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in something that is delicious that isn't bad for you. They're all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. Folks, we got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. It'll get you 10 bucks off your next order. If you used it in the past when I talked about this over the summer and spring, it's reactivated for you on your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. Let's close out today's Victory Monday by revisiting my predictions for the game and then talking about quickly what is next for the Bills and this podcast. I gave you seven predictions last week. Let's look at them. I said, first, the Bills will win the turnover battle. Well, I turned out wrong there. The Bills didn't create any turnovers, and Dawson Knox fumbled, uh, creating the Bills actually having a turnover disadvantage. The Bills were minus one when it comes to turnovers on Sunday. My next prediction was that Josh Allen doesn't fumble. Check the box. Young man did not fumble. That problem went away at least for one week. The next prediction that I had was Josh Allen has a productive day running the football. I said he would have 10 carries for 60 yards. I whiffed on that one. What do you have? Four carries, two of those being kneel downs, four carries for 18 yards. I whiffed on that one for sure. I had the Bills get a interception by a defensive back. That didn't happen. Could have. Micah Hyde had his chance. 
Uh, Trey White had his chance. Neither one of them finished the play. Now I got some of these last few I got right. So Tyler Bass, I said that he would go perfect on field goals and extra points. He did not miss any. Nailed it. I said that there will be four or less combined sacks in the game. I got that correct. There was four exactly. Josh Allen was sacked one time, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was sacked three times. That is a total of four, and that is a correct prediction for me. And then I also predicted that the Bills win, and I got that right. So I went three of five in week one, four for seven in week two. Most importantly, the Bills won twice, and I predicted them to win twice. So what's next? The Bills host the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday in week three in Buffalo. It's a home game. The Rams are 2-0 to start the season. They they beat the Cowboys in week one. They beat the Eagles in week two. Uh, 37-19 winners over Philadelphia on Sunday. As for this podcast, tomorrow is Herd Mentality. Make sure you get in those questions uh, and takes and comments that you have about the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to record on Monday afternoon. So if you can get those in uh, throughout the early portions of the day on Monday, that would be appreciated. Joe at the draftnetwork.com is the email. You can also hit me up on Twitter at the Joe Marino and shoot me a DM. Those are open on Wednesday. It'll be a comprehensive primer against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm looking forward to that because the bills don't play the Rams very often. Only once every four years, this will be the first time uh, the bills have faced Sean McVay as head coach of the Rams. And so We'll talk about a unique opponent and get you familiar with uh, what to expect on Sunday. On Thursday, we'll do our crossover preview with Locked On Rams. And then, of course, on Friday, it'll be our leftover thoughts, our interview with Banged Up Bills for the injury rundown, and then, of course, my predictions for the game. So don't miss it. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. Rate, review, and share it. All of that is always so helpful. Thanks so much for listening. I enjoyed another Victory Monday. Looking forward to talking you through another week of Buffalo Bills football. Thanks so much for listening. Look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.